What if musicians had the tools to play better, make more money, and have fun while they're doing it? This is the Music Fit Podcast. Let's do this thing. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, Fam Jam, welcome back. It's been a minute, you know? And before we go any further, I just want you to hear it's I I want to I want you to rest assured I'm still in studio. Though it sounds like I'm in the jungle, I'm still here in High River Alberta. Alright? If you hear some birds chirping in the back here, it sounds like I've got jungle birds outside my place. It's pretty awesome. So now that that's out of the way, let's talk about that intro. What if we had the ability to play better? What if we made money doing what we love to do and had fun doing it? Well, shit, that sounds good, right? And that's what we're doing. We've actually got a, uh, an artist development camp coming up if you guys are uh, living under a rock. Music, fit, games, and artist development happening here, August, long weekend. That is July 30th, 31st, and August 1st, right here in Alberta, Canada, High River specifically. Beautiful retreat town. I don't know what I tried to say there. Tongue got in the way. I'm just so damn excited. Uh, we got a really, really great weekend planned in there, and the whole purpose is, like I said, first artist development camp geared specifically for the artist. Little R and R, camp out, hang out, float down the river, do some broga and floga classes in the morning, learn some masterclass kettlebells, masterclass, oh man, mace, and. Here's the here's the sales pitch. We're playing street hockey. We got a street hockey game. This is gonna be so much damn fun. We still have tickets available. Okay, I want a few more artists on board. And if you happen to not be an artist, that's cool too. If you want to learn how to throw a mace around and swing some kettlebells, learn some animal flow, I'm right into it. Get in touch. All right. Again, August long weekend, High River, Alberta, and the whole purpose is to help people develop personally and professionally so that they can rock out, have more confidence on stage, make more money doing what they're doing, and just be better people. Like that's, duh, who doesn't want that, right? So reach out, and without further ado, I'm gonna get into the uh, the show. This gentleman and I, dude wears many hats. He's a host of the Electric Soil Podcast, also the 10 Albums. He also rocks out up a little bit north of me, up in Edmonton, with uh, his group called Ground Level Falcons. Without further ado, folks, the man of many hats, Mr. Matt Gardner. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, I am sitting down with the Matt Gardner, artist extraordinaire, 
man of many hats, many colors, many things. And we just, dude, I got to talk to you about the walk-up jam here because we've had a couple Ah. that really get into the rage stuff, dude. Let's start right there. What's the story behind Rage Against the Machine is your walk-up jam? You're getting to the plate. You're cracking this one. You know, two outs. You're the guy. You got, you know, walk-off homer lined up. What What's the story behind Rage Against the Machine, Bulls on Parade, buddy? So, and you know, just before I get into that, thanks for having me on, on the, the podcast here, Mike. But um, definitely, I'm going to do the bat flip, you know, like the, the controversial oh. the Bautista bat flip. I'm going to oh, do that. 100%. You know I'm going to do that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So, Bulls on Parade, like, I don't know. I kind of got into Rage Against the Machine a little bit later in my life. And uh, kind of the story for me getting into them was actually the movie the matrix uh because obviously at the very angry where uh, you know uh keanu reeves hangs up the phone and then wake up comes on like what is this song and then it's very distinct that it's you know it's uh zach de la rocha or de la roca i don't really know how to pronounce his last name uh doing the the the, the rap kind of comes in i'm like oh okay this is rage against the machine i can get behind this because before i was never like a huge fan i i just didn't i don't know i didn't connect with the the rock rack or, or easy for me to say rap rock kind of uh you know presentation they had uh, but that was kind of, you know, that, that's what got me into them. And, uh, you know, so I kind of got it obviously very much into the first album. And then by the time I got into Evil Empire, um, I just, I remember seeing parts and clips of the video of Bulls on Parade on Much Music and I just kind of flipped, flipped by it and all that. And I remember there was a guitar magazine that I got uh, that had the riff and it kind of compared it to like the Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. And I was like, okay, and just getting into like octaves, super easy to play and, and and um, practice and all that. And then it just, I just had this huge moment of connection. I'm like, man, this song is actually, this is badass. So I don't know how it was for you back in the day. I used to use like, uh, like I would do like, I call them super tapes. So I'd make like mixed tapes of just like, you'd actually have to dub and time it out. So you'd have a half hour per side. So you go, okay, well, this song's 542 and this one's three, you know, and you'd want to make sure that you don't cut off a song at the end. So anyway, so I started my super tape, I want to say super tape number six with uh, Bulls on Parade. And for whatever reason, because I recorded it off of VHS onto the cassette, like it was um, off the, one of the VHS uh, for Rage Against the Machine, it came mm-hmm. off like so much louder than the rest of the uh, the mixtape I'd made. And it was it started side one. So I remember I uh, just driving around in my, my first car, which was a Ford Escort, 1989 Ford Escort, and just blaring Bulls on Parade. And because it's the first song on the super tape, it was easy just to rewind, do it again. Windows are down. I'm like trying to be, you know, like a badass teenager, just cranking with my sun, you know, sunglasses on, listening to Bulls on Parade. So that was a that was a big one for me. Actually, I remember um, driving up to the university. I'm from Prince George, BC, and we we're driving up to the university. Me and a buddy, and um, it was stupid though because we were like we we're teenagers. So uh, I was kind of out in this forested area, and uh, we were listening to it really loud. I think we were on some kind of psychedelic at the time, and and I remember uh, turning off my headlights. And just basically driving down this road with no lights on, cranking bulls on parade. And just, we were just like, yeah, like just so into it and all that. So those are, those are my kind of immediate memories when you say like bulls on parade. And the song is just so badass. It's so simple. Like Tom Morello can outplay pretty much anybody on planet earth, right? When he gets to it. But the like fact that he can just do like that, yeah. you know, just like a simple octave chord and how badass it is. Yeah. And, you know, I just seen it. I remember seeing the uh, live performance they had on Saturday Night Live of it. And it's, it was just incredibly uh, just intense and badass, like just them in their prime. 
No, I think that was the time they got actually got kicked out of Saturday Night Live because he uh, yeah. burned the bur- had the flag upside down or burned the flag or some crazy <laughs> it, man. Like, it did yeah. some shit that they they are typically known for, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, and that, yeah, that's yeah. such a that's such a wild story, and it's it's so yeah. cool. It sounds like it was. Uh, it sounds like you met it with a bit of resistance too, uh, over, over yeah. the years. Like it was like, it wasn't an immediate go to, you know, there's some songs you're just like, yup, that's mine. And this For one sure. wore into you by the sounds of it and, and really developed some memories, right? It did. It, but as soon as it grasped me like that, I was all about Rage Against the Machine for a couple of years. I mean, you and I even talked about it in one of our previous conversations, like you were playing along with, I want to say it was like that live, like Battle of Mexico City, right? You're yeah, playing yeah, the drum. Yeah. And like, oh man, it was the live. As soon as I saw, you know how it is, the same with that band Mars Volta. As soon as I saw them live, like a live performance, I was like, whoa, okay, I get it now. Because mm-hmm. like, especially with Mars Volta, it's so like, the music is so frenetic and crazy and all that. But when you actually see what they're doing and they're just going nuts on stage and uh, same thing with Bulls on, or with Rage Against the Machine in general, like as soon as you see some live footage of them, you're like, oh, okay, I yeah. get this now. Get so that was kind of yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, when we get back up out of uh, all these restrictions and lockdowns, that's uh, the one ticket I've, I've got. And I can't wait for it, man. I, I can't yeah. wait. I'm very excited for it. It's just going to be what a wild time. Them and Run the Jewels. Oh, dude. Yeah. Rage right. Run. Oh, man. I'm, su- out. I'm super glad that they didn't. Like, I, I just because it's so rare they come up here and so rare that they even, you know, tour anymore. Yeah. I thought for sure that there was this, they weren't even going to, you know what I mean, follow through with it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm super stoked that they're, they're still going to do it. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> well, now you said a couple of things here. Originally from PG, right? The yes. Old, the old George, all right? Yeah. <laughs> now you're, you're currently residing in uh, in Edmonton. Why don't we give a, a little recap? What do you do in the in the industry, man? You you wear a few hats. So you got a For couple sure. podcasts. You're an artist. Yep. You're I'm sure you're producing as well. So yeah, that's, that's what's right. the scoop on Matt Gardner, man? For sure. So, yeah, like I said, uh, yeah, the, the northern capital of BC there, Prince George. I got out of there as soon as I could. Uh, but uh, even back then, I was I was already uh, playing in bands, and you know we were kind of doing like we were not of age quite yet because obviously BC is nineteen. So by the time I was about sixteen, we were kind of putting on our own like hall shows, and you know what I mean, kind of doing that under underground like punk rock kind of thing. Even though we weren't really the bands I were playing in were more kind of like influenced by like ACDC, Zeppelin, that kind of thing. But still, kind of doing that sort of do it yourself approach, postering around town, like just doing that whole deal. Uh, and then obviously, you know, by the time I got to about I think age 18 or 19, I'm like, you know what? I pretty limited uh, options in Prince George. I mean, it's about 80,000 people. So it's like a fair sized city, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to sort of uh, grow and expand and all that, you want to go to a bigger center. Right. So I, um, I ended up in Calgary for a year. I found that the music scene down there was a little bit, um, not kind of what we we're going for. We ended up doing kind of a cover band thing just to kind of keep playing. Right. Uh, because uh, it was so much into like, really like underground punk and metal and we were definitely not that so uh yeah then we ended up moving to uh edmonton uh basically after about 11 or 10 10 or 11 months in calgary uh and i went to grant McEwen and just did the outreach program for audio engineering so um and i've always been into that so i've been doing audio engineering for i want to say close to 20 years and probably about 22 23 years playing and performing and promoting live music as well and um and yeah definitely got into the podcast you know i want to say about five years ago kind of when it was starting to ramp up it's in popularity and all that and i'm like i started listening to a few podcasts um that i really sort of identified with and funny thing being a musician uh the majority of the things i listen to now it's like audiobooks and podcasts like i listen to a lot of talk radio now which for whatever reason is just kind of funny to think but um 
that that's you know that's the case now but um yeah i just i love uh like a good interview i love just um you know um kind of picking somebody's brain just the curiosity side of things you can learn a lot uh it's 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 a good challenge so i i like i i enjoy that um and yeah overall like we're i'm playing in a band called ground level falcons uh we've been together since uh 2011 so yeah coming up on about 10 years now and um yeah we're just uh we have a few lineup changes over the year but it's by over the years but uh myself and the the drummer brendan we've actually been playing together for let's see i think it's 15 years now because we were in a previous band before the falcons so uh you know 15 years playing with brendan uh so we're kind of definitely on the same page it's just kind of one of those guys you can uh you know, it's, you know, even if we don't play for a couple of weeks at a time, which definitely happened over, uh, over, you know, the pandemic and such, uh, it doesn't take long. It takes, you know, what, maybe a song to kind of knock off the rust a bit. And other than that, we're just, you know, he knows where I'm coming from. I know where he's coming from. So it's kind of almost like that brotherly sort of telepathic, uh, way of, uh, of, uh, communicating, right. Where we, he just knows what I'm, I'll bring a song and no matter how sort of progressive an arrangement, he still kind of knows what sort of currency or what sort of locks I use. Right. So we, oh, okay. You can kind of relate to something back. And so we, we get, we get things very quickly, which is nice because, uh, you know, we did, we did end up uh, spending, I think we lived together for, I want to say two years. He lived in my basement. Um, we've started the band before ground level Falcons and, uh, we would practice like three, four nights a week, sometimes five nights a week, you know, really chopping wood. And, uh, and we were playing, like three or four times a month in around Edmonton around there. So we really put a lot of work in initially. And that's definitely paying dividends now because we can, we can go through this, uh, you know, the pandemic and uh, you know, practice like once a month sometimes, you know, with all the shutdowns and everything. And he's got a young family now, a couple of young kids. So he's got to be safe and totally respect that. Um, so, you know, but uh, having said that, it's, it's nice that we've kind of had all that, uh, I guess, uh, equity in our, uh, in our relationship as far as a you know, drummer, guitar player, and uh, it's pretty easy to, you know, come back even once a month. We can get the maximum amount out of our time together uh, as we can. Yeah. And how key is that, man? That's, yeah. it sounds like you've, uh, you've had a really, really good adjustment period, which is a stark comparison to, to most of the people I'm talking about. We're, we're coming out of uh, all these lockdowns now and restrictions. And tell me if it's the same on, on your side of the street. But the, the word, word on my side here is that everybody's been waiting for this for a year and a half. And now... Right. We got the opportunity and everybody's going, oh, I don't know what to do with the thing and the mic and the guitar. What? Yeah, you know, like, right? is, that, is that the yeah. same for you? Or what do you, uh, how, did, how did you guys make yourself bulletproof, man, uh, through this whole pandemic? No, no, it's a very good question. And yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how everybody does come out of this, right? Like there's going to be very uh, different um, yeah, perspectives and how everybody kind of dealt with it. Um, you know what? I, yeah, I think we, we did as best we could. Uh, we did a, a couple Facebook live shows just to kind of keep up our chops. Right. Um, so we did that sort of later after it was after, uh, you know, September hit, it was pretty obvious, you know, with that big second wave, there was not going to be anything going on. So, uh, I still wanted to, you know, make sure that we're keeping ourselves tight. And even if, you know, there's only, you know, we did one at, just to try it out. The first one we did it at like noon on a Thursday or something, right. Just to kind of see. And yeah, we ended up having quite a few people tune in and, you know, chime in and go, Hey, this is really cool. You should do more of these. And just the fact that, you know, people are watching regardless if they're there in person, uh, man, it really sharpens up your game. Right. So, so that was important to, to make sure that we were taking, uh, you know, taking control of those resources. It was always stuff that kind of was on the back burner, but then you really had to get into it uh, because that was the only way to kind of keep, keep that thing alive. Like we'd always kind of thought about, Oh, well we can do some online shows here and there. 
But uh, because of the pandemic, it basically forced us to to try it and do it right away. And it's actually something that's very enjoyable and something we'll continue to do as soon as we get out of the pandemic. We'll still do it just because it's fun to do. It's a fun way to interact with people. There is a few of our, you know, fan base. Obviously, we're, I'm getting into the age. There's a lot of, uh, you know, people are starting to get married and having kids and so forth. So they aren't able to come out to the shows. So it's a good way to still be able to connect with them and they can kind of see what you're still doing. So fantastic that way. That was a big way of, uh, you know, staying bulletproof. Um, and just, I mean, the technology, the way it is, like uh, the fact that I, I, you know, I'm blessed with a studio and able to record and all that. It was easy to keep the demos quite recent, give it to the guys. They can kind of, uh, you know, jam on, jam on it at their, their own house and, and that sort of thing. Um, so kind of keeping it alive that way, for the most part, we were able to keep one a week band practice, uh, still active, but there was, you know, I think that shut down, especially during the second wave in around Christmas time, we just, you know, everybody was like, you know what, let's just, let's just do this the proper way, do our part. Uh, we were always kind of like, eh, kind of like, you know, I mean, navigating it as best we could earlier in the year. But um, there was a, a complete blackout area from November, December, January, even into February, where we were just totally respectful of it because it was just getting out of control. Right. And just didn't feel right um, having any kind of a gathering. And, you know, what? And at the end of the day, the wives didn't feel comfortable with, uh, you know, the, the husband's coming out. We got young, young kids to, to worry about in the band now, too. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those are the main things, just using technology and, um, and just making sure that you're still connecting with your audience in some way, right? You, you can't just let those things go dormant, of course, or of course, when you do come out, you're going to, you will have those nerves because like you haven't been keeping up with it. It's the same thing if you don't go to the gym for that whole year and you're not working out on your own time or like figuring something out at your home. Um, of course, it's going to be tough for you to, to go back and you talk about the COVID weight and all that. I honestly got in and it's not a point of bragging i guess but like i got in great shape over it. like i figured out a way you just figure out a way to do it if it's important to you, you're still going to figure out a way to make it work i like the challenge of in these enclosed parameters it almost makes it easier in some fashion because you know what you can't do so in that you know that little area or timeline or whatever now you know what you can do and that's what you focus on it kind of takes some for me it was like i don't know i was very productive uh 18 months i practiced a ton on my own I kind of got a lot more like nuances to my singing voice because I didn't, I didn't feel like I was like kind of yell singing over drums all the time, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I made like a huge amount of progress on like all avenues of my life. So, um, yes, yeah, kind of a, a lengthy answer, but yeah, that's, I think the main thing for us was using technology and not letting the limitations be an excuse, right? It's the, the limitations are just the challenge. The limitations are, are honestly, it's like, you just work within the limitations and that's all you do. That's, that's, that's part of it. That's part of the process. Oh, dude, there's, there's so much to go there. I want to take you down two two different uh, tracks here. So yeah. I want, I want to start with the tech because you actually introduced me to, um, previous, I tried doing some online jamming with some friends and it was just, there was that lag point as a, as a drummer, you gotta be, you gotta be really spot on with, with putting up a live jam or a live rehearsal to get that real feeling with a lot of the folks that I write. It's, it's just magic when you get into the room. Um, Previous to what uh, I'll let you dive into uh, to the to the software that you guys like to use. Mm -hmm. Previous, most people were just trying to get this thing to work on Zoom. And and yeah. tell me yeah. about your experience with that and what you found because I think that's huge value. Because from the musicians I've talked to, they're they're still trying to do that and they've just given up on it. So talk to me about what what you guys use. So it's a yeah, it's a software called Jamulus. 
which is a fantastic name. So it's a jam and then U L U S. And uh, we find it's uh, it's actually really good. So basically the whole concept is as long as you plug yourself into your modem, like you do the ethernet cable, uh, and basically you cre- you can create a server. There's a bunch of videos up there as far as how to set it up. It takes a little bit of doing just to get everything kind of uh, working for you. And again, it is a little, it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. Like there, it is sort of dependent on how much traffic is, is on there. Like if you're going to try and jam on a weekend and there's a, everybody and their dog jamming on the weekend, of course, there's going to be a degree of that, you know, that's a kind of quirky glitchy kind of, uh, you know, almost like there's a delay or reverb or something on there. So there is a bit of that. So it's not always a hundred percent, but, um, yeah, it's been a fantastic way. So basically what we'll do is we'll set up, um, you know, like zoom or FaceTime and then just mute that. And then you have just the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, information coming through your sound card to your computer. And like I say, I think it's, it's, it was pretty crazy. Like, uh, so I jam, like, for example, and I jam with my brother who lives in North Van and I'm in Edmonton. So that's a fairly substantial, you know, amount like 1200 kilometers away kind of thing. And, um, you know, for example, like if you leave the FaceTime on, you can literally hear the delay. I'll say something you can hear, you know, pick up on his side of things. Whereas with Jamulus, it's like, just, it's like, you're just having a conversation in the same room kind of thing. So, uh, I would highly recommend that. Um, as far as like the drumming, like you obviously you'd have to have kind of like a, uh, like an electronic kit option. And then that way, at least you're just plugging directly into the, uh, the sound card. Um, I have, we haven't actually tried it with like the, uh, like an acoustic kit with the mics. In fact, we've been done very little, basically everything's DI'd. So that's the, the limitation, but I mean, honestly, um, at the end of the day, the fact that you can, you can do that now, uh, mm-hmm. with very little, you know, lag and so forth is, is pretty crazy. The fact that I can jam with my brother, um, you know, for the first time on a regular basis and probably 10, 15 years and, you know, we're writing songs again and it's going really well, uh, you know, and we're friggin 1200 kilometers apart uh is pretty cool yeah yeah absolutely and i I will add to that is uh one of the ways that i for a long time yeah setting up drum miking is it it can be a hassle it can be not a a a technical uh area of expertise for a lot of drummers uh the one (laughs) thing i will say is that i came across probably about five years ago now uh yamaha ead 10 which is uh it's a xy um, and a trigger and you just put mount that onto your onto your kit uh, right on the the bass hoop so for the drummers listening or bandmates that want your drummers to play better <laughs> and sound better <laughs> yeah. this is a really really great recording tool it's a really really great rehearsal tour and it, it'll also like i do all of my live streams as a drummer through this as well and you just mount it into your interface just like a DI, uh, right? And you okay, can actually, okay. it, it has two outputs. So you can go mono, but you can do a stereo output. And that, that, I'm sure that gives you even even more clarity of sound. And what that what it does is it, it uh, it's a brain, right? It's an electronic brain. And it takes the acoustic sound of the kit as a scene. So you can actually adjust. You've got 50-some scenes that are pre-adjusted. Uh, and then you've got another 50 that you can make as a user input to make wow. a kick trigger, reverb, and effect. So you can make any drum kit that you want based off of the junkiest drum set. So I'm, I'm a big fan, just like Questlove, of getting your Yamaha stage custom entry-level high school band kit and then just souping it up with these uh, electronic sounds and just finding, like what you already said, I, I want to use this as a theme, keeping simple, simple frameworks because they're simply mm. recording. 
you know, yeah, simple framework. Completely. You've got a three piece kit, four piece kit. You've got this one little attachment in there and you can DI that into an interface. And now you've got whatever drum set you want and you've got the levels like it would be in a, uh, an electronic kit. But as a drummer, of course, I know, there's no, I know damn well, man. There's no, yeah. there's no way you can compare. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You play an acoustic sure. kit, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So for anybody listening, there is there are there are definitely options out there to uh, to get through there because I hear a lot of people coming back, and this goes into the second point I want to go into is like, oh, there's we're just gonna wait for you know things to open up again. I'm like, okay, cool. You made a really good point though, Matt, and I want to touch on this is connection. And I want to draw mm-hmm. some specific points that I picked up in our conversation already. You, you've branched out into the podcast world. You've branched out into even before the pandemic. And I was in a group, uh, Robbins Avenue, where we were doing live streams before pandemic too. And I just thought about that when you were talking. I'm like, oh yeah, shit, we were doing that too. It's just yeah. that the pandemic really uh, accelerated this. So people that got it, got it and kept on diving. What other kind of um, streams of connection have you found super successful for people coming out of this hibernation that they can still translate from the digital era into getting back into live performances as we move that direction? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I haven't really, uh, I mean, those are the, those are the two, the two ones that we've sort of talked about already as far as the, uh, you know, the Jamulus software to kind of keep that going in this, yeah, the live, uh, you know, streaming is definitely the biggest thing. I mean, aside from that, I, you know, it's, it's basically just kind of gearing up to, uh, to get back out there. Really. Uh, there's nothing that's, uh, those are the kind of the two that we really hung our hat on this past year and a half. So, um, you know, aside from the usual, uh, as far as just like social media interactions and such, in fact, you know what I, it, it kind of worked out well, uh, Mike for us, because, um, I'd really been <laughs> kind of pushing our last two releases were basically back to back. So we had a release that we did in 2017, and, uh, and we were just sort of pushing that quite hard for the, for a two year period. And then I released, a, we released another album in 2019 and that one did actually quite well. It was our first sort of experiment on just a digital only release. So if we didn't do any CDs or vinyl or anything, so we just got it onto all the, you know, Spotify and all the streaming uh, platforms, just as sort of an experiment to kind of see and, and to keep costs down and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was almost at the stage where I could kind of tell, uh, people were maybe kind of sick of, uh, kind of hearing about, you know, the next single and all that. Cause I, everybody was very like, it was, it was, people were nice. And even like the stations I was approaching going, Hey, here's the next single. It's like, by that point, it's almost like three, three and a half years in. So I almost used it as a kind of a, a perfect time to really back off on, on uh, promotions and such intentionally. And that wasn't because like, wow, there's no point because like we can't play anyways. It wasn't that I was just using it as like a sign uh, from, uh, from the rock gods to maybe just kind of zip your lips for a bit yeah. and reassess everything, kind of get a new marketing plan. And then you know how it is, like what's old is new sometimes or like what absence makes the heart grow fonder and so forth. That's kind of what I'm looking to do. So I was like, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity for, aside from the occasional little, like come out of hiding and go, Hey, we're still here, do a Facebook live thing. And, uh, you know, just aside from that, I've very intentionally been drawing back on the promotion and such, uh, and then I think, uh, you know, when, when, when the time comes, uh, it's going to have that much more impact when we do come essentially out of hiding. Right. And, um, and go, Hey, this is what we've been working on. Cause we do have like a COVID, I call it the COVID EP because <laughs> we literally just started it. Um, it's crazy. I think the second rehearsal where I was just sort of starting to reveal the songs was like that, that uh, March 13th weekend. 
And everything was just so nuts. Like we had uh, Darcy, my fiance and I had just gone down to, uh, we like to stay in this place at dead man's flats, just outside of uh, Canmore. And literally our drive down there, um, I was, I, Darcy was driving and I'm kind of just, you know, going through the newsfeed and stuff. And that was like the day that everything shut down. The NBA shut down. Tom Hanks got COVID. And that's like, all of a sudden, like, you know, celebrity, yeah, world, right? world's, <laughs> world's done. Tom Hanks. <laughs> totally, Forrest man. Gump has, <laughs> oh my God, Forrest Gump. Guys, saving yeah, Private yeah. Ryan. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. He, he couldn't outrun the COVID, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, this is just like a box yeah, of chocolates. You never know yeah. what you're going to get. <laughs> COVID. Yeah. <laughs> COVID shot. COVID shot. Yeah. We got, we got so, COVID yeah. shots. We got yeah. vaccine shots. You got fried shots. Yeah. Got, got, yeah. Oh, Pfizer yeah. shots, AstraZeneca <laughs> shot. Yeah. So, uh, so that was kind of like our experience. So then, and we literally showed up to our, our, our like mountain resort or whatever. And it was just like, what the, f- what the F are we going to come back to? It was like, are we coming back to like zombie land? It was just the timing of everything was so strange. And then we're listening to all this. I'm like, are we like, what's even going to happen? Then people from work, I work at a grocery store and they're texting me and they're like, we just had like 60 or 80% increase in sales just randomly. And people are buying like, you know, the whole toilet paper thing was coming up. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So by the time we came back to town, everything had shut down. We had been gone for like three days. So, um, but anyways, I say that to say this, like, it was kind of right at the beginning of the, uh, this, like we had about six songs that I was like, I felt so strongly about and have this whole like conception behind and all that. Um, but it's been, I feel bad for the songs. Like, you know, it's, your songs are almost kind of like your kids at some point. Uh, and these guys have never really had, uh, the proper, um, I don't know, proper support almost. Right. Because it's been so stop and start. And now it's almost at the point because they're so associated with the pandemic and, you know, some of the, um, you know, just the troubled times, I guess, or just, uh, you know, for the band, just, uh, it's kind of like you, you just get it going. You just get the momentum. You kind of get it to the song. It's always exciting. It goes to that first phase where like the most exciting for me is always the, the inception phase where it's just like you, you try it out the first time you get that adrenaline dump from uh, hitting it the first time as a band. You're like, wow, this is okay. There is something here that I love that. I pretty, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it right now. But then after a certain point, and I totally understand it where you, you have to woodshed it and you really refine it and you, you, you know, all the, the, the rough edges off and all that. I mean, you want to leave a few rough edges, especially like in rock music. Right. But ultimately you want to get it as tight as you can before you play in front of a, an audience completely get it. But that I don't, I don't care for as much. It doesn't feel as creative. It feels like more laborious or more, um, you know, like working out, I guess, like I understand, like, you know, I, but I like working out every day. That's the thing I, for me, I guess, because I'm so attached to the songs as the songwriter, um, the connection I have, especially with the lyrics after I've released it kind of starts almost getting to the point where I'm like going through the motions almost. Cause I've sang it so much. I don't act. And after a certain point, I don't really feel that way anymore. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of tricky. Right. So initially it's just like this cathartic experience and like, man, it's so cool that I got these friends that want to share this song with me and, and all that. And then all of a sudden it gets reaches to a point where you're just kind of like, eh, you know, I don't really feel like this anymore. And like, yet it's, but it's, it's so weird. It's kind of on the, uh, it flips on you a bit. Like the song sounds better and more refined, but you don't connect to it as much. So we never really got to that stage. It kept getting to the stage where it's like, oh man, we're starting to get it. And then, you know, we don't play for two months. And then, okay, it takes a bit of time. And now they've kind of almost redefined and they, they have a different element to them. And that sounds good. 
don't play it for a month. Right. So it's, um, it's been kind of tricky. I, at one side, like I, I, I feel it's the best stuff I've ever written. Uh, but at the same token, I almost just want to put it to bed. You know what I mean? Like we haven't even released it yet. And I had all these big plans for maybe adding a few more songs to it, but I think it's safe to say, I was just going to keep it as an EP, call it like the COVID EP. And, uh, that's and a, release one it. of those B side yeah. releases for kind of yeah. for the uh, intimate and interactive family. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, we were going as Got far it. as like applying for grants with the, the material. I, I felt very like strongly about the material and the story it was telling. And we'd like to do, you know, uh, cohesive albums that tell a story, right. That you mm-hmm. listen to in sequence. Mm-hmm. It's not about the singles. It's about, you know, like a Pink Floyd or something like that, where all the songs kind of yeah. blend together a little bit. And there's a thread that kind of goes through and uh, presumably takes you on a story. And that's for people that, you know, that if they like that, they like that. If they don't, it's still the songs work as standalones as well. But I personally like, art and music in such a way that it's you know a cohesive piece piece of music that you want to listen to the whole album front to back so that's kind of how we wrote um or how we write but um so yeah that's kind of i guess man i kind of just went off on a big tangier there but uh love it yeah that's That's great no i'll bring it i'll reel you right back in man that's that's freaking fantastic it gives a lot of depth and clarity towards what what people can be doing and how it it really gets into the mindset of of an artist and that's the in in my role in the in the industry that's a lot of the stuff that i work with and it's just a really interesting uh take you said something early in the uh in the tangier is that and I, i i love this and i want to bring this back up because it it looks as though your different mediums and you mentioned things that I want to just ask how, how important is it for an artist pandemic or not any artist out there to have a deeper connection than just the music with their audience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how for you, you've got the podcast. What does the podcast bring you as an artist? Let's start there. So the podcast is like, um, for me, it's just another way of connecting. Like for me, it's, the podcast is almost acts as like this hub or this like connection point connecting a lot of different aspects of my life and the band. So it's like this, it almost brings a bunch of different elements together and it's a way of, um, you know, I guess promoting, but without this like kind of, you know, that sort of sleazy, you know, thought that you think of uh, promoting in a sense, like there's like a pitch at the end, I got a show coming up or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like sort of, um, I guess an easier way just to like uh, have some content out there and get in, in somebody's head or face without uh, sort of expectation, I guess it's a, so it's just another Avenue to reach people. Um, and I find just uh, the fact that you can kind of talk about it, like glad you brought it up. Cause initially uh, the one, one of my podcasts that I use electric soil podcast, which is taken, that's the longest one I've been doing. I think close, closer to actually about seven years now I've been doing that one. And it started off as just sort of a variety show because of just, you know, you, you have the big, big reach, I guess, or just kind of like, okay, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going to kind of nuance or niche off into. And uh, and then kind of from there, um, I, I sort of broke. That's where I got into it. Like I have a podcast called 10 Albums. So 10 Albums initially started on Electric Soil Podcast. I said, okay, well, I think there's enough here that I can kind of branch off, branch it off and do a whole separate show. So then at that point, Electric Soil Podcast became almost like a, like a, a diary of ground level Falcons. So I would often put on just a little bit of like behind the scenes stuff. So when we did a grant proposal, I would kind of go, okay, this is, I would mention like the process. I talk about the process, uh, kind of how to go about doing it. So there'd be a, some, hopefully some degree of like educational, you know, content in there for folks that are, you know, always been thinking about doing a grant, but have never maybe uh, taken that, you know, taken the leap. 
So kind of helping uh, point in that direction uh, as well as, you know, like the comments that we got back from the grant, like just being like in real time kind of things that are happening to us before shows, after shows, when we're at a show, I'd kind of just, you know, try and capture that energy. Cause I, I don't know. I always thought it was, it was kind of cool. Like even, uh, people that aren't, um, super familiar with the band. I just think uh, it was an unusual kind of a different twist on, we'd even have this, uh, this one version of the podcast we call talk and shop, which I would just have a microphone in our live room. Uh, so, and you know how it is. It's like, uh, the locker room talk almost like when the guys show up, you just talk about stupid shit. Right. And, but you're also talking about creative ideas. And I just, I, I always like that idea or like in a sports team, the locker room, you know what I mean? It's just like guys just kind of rowing, rowing out and, and, uh, throwing up some ideas. And, and I just always liked how sort of candid and, and creative and funny and just sort of in, you know, the inhibitions are, are, aren't there. And so uh, I would have that ongoing as well. So before practice, I'd have just like our banter, you know, before practice and after practice and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how we use that. And yeah, was, and you know what, honestly, like one of the albums we did in 2017, uh, I, I put up the demos of, uh, of a couple of songs and just said, Hey, what do you guys think of these? Like, what can we do? Are the song, is there, this is part too long. I get specific, like, is the solo too long? Like, where would you, where, is it the right placement, the arrangement? And it ended up being pretty cool. Cause it was like this interactive way for some of our fan base to go, yeah, that song is cool, but like maybe shorten this or, you know, or generally you just get the, Oh, thumbs up, keep it going guys. But there's a few people that would chime in and, and, you know, we took some of the suggestions and then, you know, you have this like bond because these people have kind of helped you in a sense, arrange the song. So, yeah, um, yeah, so like, right. So it's like, so yeah, for sure. The podcasting is a, is a great way to connect a few dots that are otherwise kind of, you know what I mean? Separate, right. It's, it's like this hub that you can kind of bring all these different elements together. Another source of, uh, like interaction with, with people, uh, easy way to get some obviously networking, right. And networking is huge for podcasting. I mean, that's how we met, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and then it's a, I find that podcasting is the same as like uh, playing live music in the sense that uh, it's as soon as you have one show as a band, it all it generally leads to the next show because like with that band maybe that open for you've never met, you go hey man like I really like I dig dug your style let's do another show and then they're like well you know what we do have another show we got an opening and it almost is like one leads to the next to the next to the next it's just getting that first one right so the same thing with podcasting I found um, just uh, just getting started with a guest often just leads to another one, right? Or like you introduced me to, to Mark, right? Mark England. I'm interviewing him for my podcast later today. So, you know, That's it's amazing, like, man. Right? It's so <laughs> cool, right? So if you're really open to it and you're, you have some degree of ambition and, and so forth and you're not afraid, you don't get, you get out of your own way. It's crazy. Like it's just another way that you can, um, you, you just get some some momentum and and getting a whole nother side of you out there. So I, I just love Dude. it. Well, you've you've got one thing I re- immediately picked up from you, and we'll talk about how we did connect because that's a very valid point for people that are like, oh yeah, shit, I never. I'm a musician, but I could do a podcast because it gives you another layer of human connection. And so much of our time in the last 14 months has been like deprived of that. Now is the best time for you to reignite that fan base. So if you're gonna get out on the shows and they know that they already had a part in creating your song with you. You've got like, these people are going to buy your dirty socks if you're selling them. You know what I mean? Like, never mind the show and a ticket. That's a piece of cake. Like you've got a loyal fan base because they really understand you as a person. And I think that's what really stood out about our connection. When we, when we first started talking, man, you, you get people, 
you understand how to build that relationship and you've just got different avenues. And I really wanted to highlight that for the folks that are listening that have that same quality and haven't thought outside necessarily that box of I'm an artist. Cool. You're just a, another human that plays music. That's that's the cool part. That's what I really want to highlight is that you just had that. You don't even realize what you're doing, man. That's how good it yeah. is. Uh, I understand you've got some some course development in the in the works. Yeah. You're scheming by the sounds of things. Oh, but talk to scheming. me about this this course, dude. What what you got sure. uh, cooking? What you got on the on the uh, element, man? Man, I am scheming like no other. I'm glad that you you brought that up. No, I uh, so I, I'm I'm actually looking into. Um, you know what? I, I want to first off just do a quick little, um, you know, cheap plug. I'm, I'm sure everybody that's listening to your podcast is well aware of what you're doing, but um, I just, I thought it was fantastic. Basically um, just to kind of circle back to like when we first met, there's a, a website called Guestio, which is actually really good for anybody that's starting off uh, podcasting or anybody that's even experienced with podcasting. Check it out because it's a good way to get uh, free guests. There's actually some pretty big names on there too uh, that are, you know, a uh, 300 to 8,000. I think Manny Pacquiao is like eight grand, you know? Uh, so, uh, that's kind of where, uh, Mike and I met, uh, just through, through that. And, um, and anyway, so, uh, Mike basically, as soon as I kind of found out what he was doing, he sent me, a, we had a few emails back and forth and, uh, I kind of saw like, you, you know, part of your signature somewhere in your email, it caught my eye, the music fit collect collective. I was like, that is so cool. I'm like, so kind of, what is it about? And you're like, well, here, check out the website and all that. So I went to it. And, um, we were talking about like connecting dots and so forth, man, have you ever done that? And you're well, kind of what the, uh, my idea in, in, is in a similar shape and we'll get into it, of course, but you're like, you know, steps ahead of me, of course. Right. So, so for, and just for me to see it is like your mind, I think our minds are kind of work the same, like just connecting these dots. Uh, you were able to sort of meld your, your, your athlete's background with your musician background in just such a unique way that it's kind of surprising nobody's ever thought of it because it is, it's there, it's there, but yet nobody's done it. And the fact that you did it, I was just like, it blew me away. And then I saw that you had your own community and now I'm a part of the community and stuff like that. It's just kind of one of those uh, things. Like if you believe in, uh, you know, happenstance, synchronicity and, and that those sorts of things, it's just, it's just so cool. I just get so much energy off of both talking to you, being part of the community, just seeing what you guys are doing. And it's just so cool. So uh, kudos to you. Uh, for sure. Um, big inspiration. Much and, uh, thank you Yeah, for sure, dude. And thank you. And, um, and so basically what I, my vision, basically right now I'm on a leave of absence from work and I just wanted to kind of uh, take a bit of time to, you know, to, to kind of do my own thing, I guess. And just, uh, I, I've always had these ideas, uh, cranking through my head. So I wanted to actually give them some time and some merit. So, uh, I came up with an idea as a, for a course. I, I, I think you and I had talked about a, a few of the books that we like. So there's art and fear. There's the war of art, uh, and books about like, um, to get into the kind of the, the creative blocks, the, uh, psychological, uh, you know, the self doubt that can come with, uh, being an artist, um, especially when you're working by yourself, it's a little bit easier uh, as a musician, cause you have this collaboration sort of built into it. Right. But when you're doing, uh, even writing by yourself, um, painting, uh, a lot of times I think a lot of people have issues finishing off a project or even getting into it in the first place. There's a lot of, um, things that you've been told when you're a kid, like you're, Oh, you're not an artist or being so dismissive over creative acts. And I just have never understood it. So, uh, and also the fact that there's, um, there's a lot to be said, like you're into the, obviously the health and wellness, there's a huge amount of health and wellness benefits 
to uh, staying creative, right? To using your imagination, creative acts. That's been proven, right? As far as like uh, fending off like, you know, cognitive decline, uh, just keeping yourself so engaged, like it helps with like dementia later on in life. Uh, dancing, which I find is like, you know, a form of creation as well, creative dance, huge health benefits. So uh, to me, it's almost like an untapped zone of health and wellness that I think, you know, if we can sort of meld it in there, and focus it as such and get people out of their sort of this paralysis they may have had from a kid being told you're not artistic or you're not good enough. It's not about you're not good enough. It's, it's not about that. So removing that from you, it's about skill acquisition. So you have to remove yourself. You as a failure, if you're saying to yourself, I'm personally, I am a failure. No, it's not that. It's just that you haven't given yourself enough time to learn a skill. So the course is, is kind of almost in two segments as far as it's, it's about skill acquisition uh, in, in a manageable way, you know, it's just basically like I do a 10 minutes a day thing on top of anything else that you may practice with, but you have to commit to 10 minutes a day and uh, just the accumulation over a year that ends up being about 61 hours that you're going to put into something just 10 minutes a day. Right. So, and that can, that applies to the way, the way I work out, that applies to a bunch of different things. But if you're doing that as well as setting aside, maybe one block of time throughout the week as well to be working on it. Uh, you know, before you know it, you're going to be competent at a skill, right? So, and just remember that again, failure is not, it's not a mindset. It's just, it's, it's a, a spot to learn from. It's not a, um, you know, it's, it's no commentary on your intelligence level or anything. If you haven't done something, of course, you're going to be crappy or like incompetent at it at first, but that does, that, that, that doesn't speak to you as a person or your intelligence. And I think a lot of people they get trapped in that, like even starting, like they're just afraid to start something. So I want to, I, I, yeah, I feel very passionate about it, Mike, like just um, the whole um, health and wellness aspect of it, taking it in well into your, you know, your old age, because uh, there is such mental health and physical health benefits to it. And man, it's just fun. It's just, it's, it, it kind of gets you back into your kind of like the, the, the mentality when you're a kid, like when just, you know, you're imagining, you're creating, you're drawing, you're journaling, like all that stuff that people just have put aside. I just want to get that back, even just small little increments at a time. And then you're going to find that it's so beneficial for you. And I think it's really going to open this door for you. So even just coming into like a 10 minutes of journaling and then going for a walk in nature or something like that, compared to an hour of Netflix, uh, you know, something like that, just, just, just taking a small chunk of time and trying it and seeing how it goes. And I think you're going to find like, you know, I, I love the, the quote, like Pablo Picasso, everyone is an artist. Every child is an artist. It's just a matter of, uh, learning to stay an artist as, as they grow older, something like that. I've paraphrasing, of course, but I just love that idea. Like, yeah, everybody's creative and it's just like somewhere along the line, it's either been, you know, dismissed or beaten out of you or you don't have time, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So I'm just here to sort of debunk all of that stuff. And I'm putting it together with this course. Uh, the meat of the course also is dealing with uh, you know, isolating each sort of creative block that you might have the self doubt um, you know, that kind of thing, uh, just the points of resistance that you'll find finding mm -hmm. antidotes for them, um, and kind of working through it. There's like sort of a creative workshop within the course as well, just fun stuff, automatic writing and different things that you wouldn't normally think to do. And then kind of coming out of it, the tail end of the course is going to be, uh, setting, uh, deadlines, like using deadlines effectively, because that's, it can really sharpen up, uh, everything. That's a big part of like a uh, big part of, uh, confronting your fears and then, uh, finishing it. So, actually finishing it i think there's a lot of people that get hung up with it's you know the phrase it's always hardest at the finish line because it can be you get right up to there and it's amazing how much 
energy, like this last little bit of resistance is right there just to get, you know, that last little inch. And I, I, I can speak to it. I've had a ton of that, like on album releases and CD release parties. It's just amazing how much like pressure builds at that very last step. So getting into that. And then, you know, after you get through the finish line, I think there's a whole other avenue to explore as far as people are, you know, start getting hard on themselves. Like, ah, oh, man, you know, I should have done that. That's not actually any good. Like then they get hard on themselves and they start second guessing themselves. Right. Like the whole, the actor that won't watch his movie afterwards or, or, Oh, well now, you know, I have to self promote and I, I don't like self promoting. So I'm just going to like, now that I'm finished, I'm just going to put it away. So unpacking all of that too. Right. There's so much uh, sort of along the, uh, you know, along the, the lines of creation and art uh, that uh, I feel sort of untapped. And, and that's kind of what I want to really focus on. Was there a, a point where you were like, aha, I got it. Was there a turning point for you uh, where you realized maybe you were an artist or where you realized you were putting up against your own resistance? Or Talk to us about like what was that one moment where you're like, mm, I can help people with this. I don't know if it's necessarily one moment. It's just literally been, you know, 20 years of, of doing it, right? And now I'm kind of at this. I, I guess, you know, like I would say the last few albums that we've released, I have very intentionally um i i'm self-aware enough to know for me specifically the main block was getting it out there i I was always fine getting out there but then i always had this almost like resentment to myself for not uh you know forgetting to cross a you know cross a t or dot an i or i get like super like granular about like the my self-critique after i've released it i'm just like you know what like it's not gonna Mm -hmm. be perfect right so i think um I think the last two, probably the last four years, so the last two albums specifically, I made sure to give myself a lot of space between me and the deadline and the finish line. And I made sure that I could deliver well before that. So I could see the deadline coming. And I didn't put myself in this strange mindset of uh, of rushing at the end because I, I, I just hadn't learned. I, I hadn't learned from all these different experiences. I would, uh, I guess, a degree of procrastination or, or, I mean, there's so many different ways of, to procrastinate. The uh, the whole perfection thing, right? Is like, well, it's got to be perfect. I got to have the perfect timing to release this. That's that's all. All that is is a different form of procrastination with like a different jacket on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, totally. So, so uh, getting out of that mindset and just um, just really uh, putting as much contr- in my control as I could, and having a buffer zone. So, uh, in fact, the last album, uh, it was called the uh, Good Living Foundation. And we put, I ended up putting it out a week early because I was so far ahead of everything. And I'm like, well, you know what? Like, let's just put it out there. Like it's ready to go. I'm just sitting on it. So why bother? And that man, that I, I guess if there was an aha moment, it would be probably that just because um, that was the first time I was so far ahead, had all my ducks in a row, felt so comfortable about it. And honestly, like that album did, uh, I guess as far as like local acclaim, that was like the one that, that did the best for us too. And I felt great because I was, uh, dude, I was obsessed with that one. I was doing like all the, the uh, mix adjustments and stuff, going right out to the car, driving around the block a few times. Let's see. I was just, dude, I was so obsessed. So it was, it was so cool to, um, to be able to be in control of my own energy, not allow any space for these resistances to come up. And I guess, yeah, I guess if there was an aha moment, I guess it would have been that one because it was, um, you know, coming out of that, I feel very confident that I have the, the process down and I can, I guess I can kind of teach it and speak to all, you know, from the, from the start, the fear of starting to the fear of ending to the, 
the uh, the the self doubt of releasing it, right, and dealing with all avenues of that, like the, every step of the way. I've got Definitely. one fun game for us. I call it rapid fire. It. Okay. Ooh, rapid fire. Let's Five quick it. questions. Okay. Try to answer just quick, just gut reaction. Okay. We're gonna go. We're gonna go and and dive into the behind the scenes of Matt Gardner here. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You are either a session guy or a sideman, or you've got a band. Now you've got an audition. You've had now Taylor Swift audition and Beyonce. Who do you pick? Oh, Taylor Swift. Got it. Cool. We'll come back yeah. to that in a sec. Excellent. Okay. Um, here, I'm just going to preface that. Okay. Right there. Uh, yes. For those, yes. For those of you watching uh, the, <laughs> the YouTube version here. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> Great. Great answer. Cool. Uh, most underrated Canadian band? Ooh, that's a good question. Most underrated. I would almost say... I would almost say Wide Mouth Mason. Cool. Like the, I know that I know you're big in, into them, and I maybe it's kind of in my head because we were talking about them earlier. But uh, I've seen them like live three or four times, and I just couldn't imagine why oh, these yeah. guys didn't blow up more than they did because they had their shit together. They are so and good, entertaining, <laughs> entertaining, and kind of like a timeless sound mixed with like the modern kind of you know what I mean, yeah. the modern twist yeah, yeah, on yeah. it. Oh yeah, and uh, it just seemed like solid guys and everything. Maybe that's the reason they aren't they got to be dicks to get no, further or something. But, no, they're yeah. they're the sweetest souls in the world. Are they? Sean, yeah, Sean Saf, if you guys are listening, man, I had such a great time. Like I've totally fangirled. Like the one time, I was like, oh yeah, that's mean like Blue Rodeo and stuff, and I wasn't fangirling. I was like, these guys are these on on par. And their show, have you heard their latest album? I have not. The latest album is like Sean went hard into uh, Steel, right? Mm. He's playing oh, nice, Rap nice. Steel, and it is a bomb album. Check that shit out. I will. Wide Mouth Mason. I will. Yeah. Oh, dude. I'm so happy you said that. Wide Mouth, one of my favorites, for sure. Is that right? That's cool. Yeah. I actually have a fun fun story about them. So, my mom used to live in Ashcroft. I don't know if you know where that is, it's kind of like Kamloops, BC. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. an old sort of like train town. Yeah. And Wide Mouth Mason, I can't remember exactly what time of year they did, but they did this gig where they showed up in like a train car at Ashcroft. They just pulled into downtown. They opened up the train. They did a set. They closed her up and then off to the next town. I'm like, that is, that is. That's cool. badass. That's so cool, right? I'm going to mention yeah. that to uh, yeah. to the boys next time I chat with them. Yeah, that's full, yeah. that's that's freaking, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, cool. <laughs> next question, dude. Okay. Dinner guest, dead or alive? Oh, my. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good Who one. serving up? Yep. Who am I serving up? Oh, man. Yeah, it's so much for the rapid fire, eh? Oh, man. That's all right. I hope um, That's such a good question. Things people don't think about. Yeah, no, not at all. Kind of stretching a bit here. Um, I honestly would have, at one point, I would have said Matthew Good because I've, I've always been like, a big fan of not only his music, but just his path to success because he kind of basically has like one of the most famous, you know, I like indie recordings in Canadian history, if not the most famous. So yeah, I'd probably still go with him. I know there's a little bit of like heat on him right now. There's a little bit of, um, you know, the whole me too thing and all that, but I, uh, I've always thought the world of him and he's kind of been the blueprint for like, uh, you know, becoming a, you know, well-known Canadian act. So I'm still going to go with Matt good. All right, cool. What are you serving him? What's the meal? Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs, man. Yeah. Hot dogs. Like straight up, like 
out of like Canadian, like or what? what what's the uh, like just the the the, the sausage smoky thing or like those? You know, when no, you're a like, kid, like the little dude, yeah, the like little two, like three dollars, yeah, yeah, like the twelve. Go out camping, yeah. Mom yeah, buys like four packs of them, and you can yeah, see yeah. the friggin' army, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, gotcha. I'm okay. gonna boil the water yeah, yeah. up, throw them in there. There we oh, go. Oh, jeez, yeah, boil. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> right on. Yeah, bat good. Yes, you're you're up, buddy. You're up. You got yeah. To, not not good and hot dogs, man. Are you, yeah. you going to serve them any condiments with that, or just? Oh yeah, I mean they can. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a mutant here. Come on. There's okay, going yeah. to be like the, the trifecta, you know, like the the relish, uh, the Heinz pack yeah, where it's got the relish, the mustard, and the ketchup. Those, oh Jesus! Boom! Boss. Put it right in the center of the table. There you go. And those shitty little Wonder Buns. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> oh my god! Do you remember? Do you remember a few years ago where they did the the Wonder Buns? They tried to change the color for the to appeal to the kids. They had like green buns and purple buns. Oh yeah. There's something about a green this. bun that doesn't really, no, you know what I mean? Doesn't not register. Appealing. No, mm, not that looks like no. it's. It looks like it's going to make me sick. Yeah, right? <laughs> More sick uh, than hot dogs, possibly. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And then final one here, man. Music Fit Podcast. I got to ask the, the conventional question. What is your favorite way to sweat, dude? Favorite way to sweat? Uh, actually, honestly, um, it's uh, so uh, 1A, 1B. Uh, so I, I do uh, like moksha, like hot yoga. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely love it. Fire. Uh, but, uh, but when you're talking about like the, like I don't like I don't sweat huge, but the one thing that always brings it out is playing drums. So yeah. I, I'm a guitar player, I guess by trade, quote unquote. But I friggin' love just jamming out on drums, having some buddies over. And man, I just like for whatever yes. reason, drumming just I'm buckets, man. Like it just buckets. Dude. Like you like most even when I go for a run, like I just had a run before this this barely, like a little bit. But yeah. when I play drums, man, it's like I'm just drenched. So that's Dude. probably my favorite. I, I love drums, man. You got to look at the the links in the collective here too because we got an affiliate with Whoop. And it's been profound with when I was talking to you about the live uh, set with Rage. Those three hours nearly roasted my entire day strain. Like I almost maxed my entire day strain. I had like a 20.7 on a day, which is that's insane crazy. out of 21. And it's that's exponentially. Crazy. You get to about 12 and it just exponentially gets harder to get there. So oh. I, drummers are athletes and that's the thing musical athletes i'm glad you said that i'm like i, I sweat more when i drum than i when i run most people right. won't figure that out right but right, right. man this is yeah. and that's that, it's a really good like put a pin on it because mm. we as musicians have to take care of ourselves both up here cognitive mindset between the ears and also the body once we take care of ourselves on both of those levels everything else just it, it's butter man everything else is great right completely so, really cool completely. and i love the hot yoga man that's that's so cool that's like yeah you're into that you're like you're dude yeah. well you're, you're just you're so unicorn there you go this is why this dude's in the, the ladies yeah. and gentlemen that's why my boy matt here is in the collective because he's nice. straight up yeah, unicorn man. gangster here oh down thanks, regulatory buddy. exercise you get yeah, your man. sweat on through chilling out and getting introspective it's not working yeah. out it's working in you know yeah yeah dude that, working for sure through. Beautiful. Yes, working through. Exactly. exactly. Nice work. Nice work. Beautiful. Well, dude, thank you so much. What a way to cap things off here for uh, for my early afternoon. Same here. Uh, I'm going to drop in all the links. We talked about Jamulus. We talked about uh, Guestio. We talked about The Collective. We talked about all of your bands, all the links. We're going to get all that in there. And uh, if you have one final note for anybody who's feeling that apprehension to get back out on stage, what is your words of encouragement, my man? I would just say, you know what? Don't overthink it. 
Like you, you, you everybody's already been there. You, you know what you're doing. Uh, there's going to be a little bit exactly apprehension, good word, but it's just, just don't overthink it. Just get back out there. It's, it's going to be a, you know, the phrase riding a bike, it's, it's going to be like that. And it's uh when you do, I mean, there might be the, uh, don't be afraid of falling on, on your face for that first 10 minutes when you, you know, you don't know what to do with the adrenaline cause it's almost foreign cause it's been so long after that, man, your goals, it's, this is what we've been waiting for. So don't, don't, don't be fearful of it. Don't overthink it. Get out of your own way, get out of your own head and uh, let's have some fun. Let's get back out there. All right. You heard it here first guys. Have some fun. Get back out there. What awesome awesome conversation and some really great insight to the behind the scenes of the the creative landscape that takes place in somebody's mind um, I'm really excited thank you so much Matt for uh, for stopping by the show and, and riffing with us here again if you guys are interested please do check out he's got some great podcasts you can check out electric soil podcast also the 10 albums podcast the principle behind that is just freaking cool like game-changing uh, 10 albums in your life that define you, right? Super, super cool. I'm very interested in that. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to sharing my 10 albums there. Matt, all right, boom. Also check out his band, Ground Level Falcons. You guys can find them all over Bandcamp. They're also, their whole discography is up on anywhere you stream. So if you're an Apple Music uh, follower, if you're a Spotifyer, what is it? Apple Music, Apple Musician or Spotifyian? I'm just making shit up now. Homies, again, quick reminder, at the end of the month, we've got a really great artist development camp going on down here. We're also going to be doing the Music Fit Method Accelerator program on the Saturday. So if you guys are interested in leveling up and getting yourselves uh, fit, both mind, body, soul, man, this is the spot, okay? Uh, that's all I can think of listen to this song yeah you guys can hear my dog in the back it's great dar loves just bouncing around i should have a show with dar what do you guys think drop a comment please feel free to rate and review and in that review please be like i want to have a conversation with darwin darwin the great my dog and that will happen okay all right he's a brilliant intellectual you'd be very very surprised his name's darwin I think he's hosing me all these days. Plays like the blonde girl. Anyway, that's enough rambling. You guys, till next time, y'all stay sweet. Peace. <laughs>